Hi, Merry Christmas. It's Friday Night Rewrites, and we're here for a Christmas blitz. Over the next couple weeks, we'll be releasing a series of reviews and recommendations on how to fix your favorite terrible Christmas shows. Um, We run this podcast every Friday night because that's how we like to spend our date nights. I'm Hannah. I'm Andrew. And these are the shows we love to fix. Now, this one's going to be, uh, we didn't plan on recording one tonight. Um, Off the cuff. Yeah. Um, and because we've got a lot of thoughts about this, because this movie we just watched is bonkers. Absolutely insane. Um, and so our thoughts are going to be a little scattered, but. Um, Bear with us as we yeah. get get our lives together, but we could not resist the opportunity to share this roller coaster experience with you because after all who doesn't love a christmas movie that makes zero sense i'd say it made a lot of sense for parts of it what movie did we watch what was it called so i'm pretty sure this was called the christmas wedding planner yes it's a christmas wedding planner it's on netflix you can check it out if you want i'm um, going to read you I'm going to read you the IMDb summary just to get us started. And then we're going to go with how far this goes completely off the rails. A wedding planner is in the midst of planning her cousin's lavish and exclusive wedding when a devilishly handsome private investigator turns her world upside down. That dude was old. He was not devilishly handsome, I don't think. I mean, he clearly worked out. So yeah, I mean, yeah, he was like fit, but he's he's in his forties, I think. He he did look significantly older than the protagonist. Yeah. Okay, so lay out for me, Andrew. What did you think the plot line of this film was going to be? Um, I kind of pictured it as being a Christmas version of the Jennifer Lopez movie, The Wedding Planner, um, where an uptight woman who's good at planning things, uh meets her foil and this man who is you know devilishly charming and uh isn't he super engaged in that movie i never saw it i just i'm just trying to guess what the movie is about but basically like it's uptight woman versus like this loose man who's like a libertine Um, it's like the reverse of when harry met sally yeah and they just like they over time uh they realize that they're actually perfect for each other and they don't want to be with anyone else, even though they don't make any sense as a couple and aren't compatible. Um, okay. So, so I thought that I thought it was going to be that just like set at Christmas. So the perfect version of that narrative is of course, 13 dresses in which you have the super over-organized planning bridesmaid maid of honor who meets the anti-romance review writer and they spar until enough sparks fly and they fall in love. Is that a Catherine Heigl movie? Yeah. Yeah. It was good. So that's what I thought was going in. I thought we were going to have, turns out the protagonist whose name is Kelsey, the wedding planner. Kelsey to her friends. But not to the private investigator because they are not friends. Oh no. Anyway. Okay. Hold on. Like, so she is the, I thought we were going to do a Cinderella story 
because she's planning her cousin's wedding. And there's a lot of clues that her cousin and her aunt are amazingly wealthy. She has like a very tenuous looking relationship with her aunt and definitely seems to be kind of on the outs of the family circle. So I thought that there might be like a cool Cinderella vibe where she's getting shoved out of the wedding and then she shows up and wows the dude like at the wedding reception. That was where I thought we were going with this. Yeah. And you, I mean, that is kind of dispensed with pretty quick. Cause even like the aunt who is definitely like difficult to please, it's made clear early on that she does have a very loving relationship with Kelsey. Um, and the bride is described by Kelsey as the kindest person I've ever met. She does throw in a line, I probably should hate her, but I just can't. Yeah, and there's like there's no tension between the bride and Kelsey at all throughout the movie. Um, so it seems I it seems like a healthy dynamic. It seems like it would be weird to be the wedding planner and also the maid of honor, but that was what she, Becca she, did for our wedding. Yeah, but it wasn't like a <laughs> formal role. She wasn't being paid for it. Um, nope. Just raspberry sorbet and lost and lots of Moscato. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the good stuff. I mean, most, I don't think most people can afford wedding planners. Um, so that's another thing. It's a sidebar about these Christmas movies. They all involve like insanely wealthy people. Um, that's true. I think it's mainly because one of the perks of any good Christmas movie is at least seven outrageous outfit changes. And if you have people who are like scrambling, you need that disconnect from reality. Normally it's the guy who can like magically buy whatever he wants or like show up in a helicopter. But in this case, it's the extended family and neither of the main characters are actually wealthy. So anyway, all right. So we have this wedding. The girl's going to plan the wedding for her cousin. Everything's going to go great. She's super stressed about it. And then, shockingly, at the engagement party, Bride's ex-boyfriend shows up, crashes the party, and everyone's like, Oh my gosh, the drama! I mean, does any, is anybody really that upset about it? I mean, the mom basically accuses the guy of trying to ruin the wedding. And yeah, but tells he also her, accepts the blueberry scone. Right, but she says that's Kelsey's problem. Like, Kelsey has to get rid of her or the wedding's going to be ruined. Okay, but I think, like, the bride is okay with it. Uh, nobody else seems to have any issues. They um, were exes, like, 10 years ago, so it seems like the wounds were not fresh. Okay. But key point, because this is a Christmas movie, it has nothing to do with Christmas, but they broke up because the ex-boyfriend disappeared on Christmas Day. Everything was going perfectly. They were madly in love. The family didn't approve. And then, boom, he disappears. Christmas Day, she never hears from him again, and it's this huge heartbroken thing. Okay, but... One thing, I, by the way, that I thought early in this movie is like, this movie is only an hour and 24 minutes long, according to Netflix. And I was thinking, this movie is already way too long. There's just a bunch of scenes that are don't really belong in the movie. It's not really going anywhere. But then things, the tension just gets ratcheted up like really 
quickly. So um, you find out that uh, this guy, what's his name? You remember? Stuart? This name's not Stuart. <laughs> what? Okay, wait, which one? The P.I. I thought his name was Stuart. Hold his on. That's Stuart. <laughs> okay, well, uh, we'll call it we'll call him Chaz for now. Um, <laughs> not his so, name. So Chaz. Guys, clearly we were really invested. Connor. His name is Connor. Okay. Connor McLean. Devilishly good looking. Yeah. Old. Um, so Connor it, uh, reveals to Kelsey that he's a private investigator and he's there on somebody's orders to... But he can't tell. Yeah, he, do, he can't tell. Client privilege. Uh, to investigate the groom. Uh, to make sure that nothing shady is going on. Um, she obviously doesn't want to help him because she doesn't you know, know anything about him. And there's no way that she's going to ruin her cousin's wedding that she's planning. Uh, but... Emily and Todd forever... But there's several lines about Todd is so charming you can't believe it, and he's just amazingly perfect. The kind of thing that gets your gets like the hairs on the back of your neck. Like nobody is that perfect. They never let you believe that this Todd guy is a good guy until like maybe like eighty percent of the way through the movie. Then you see the first you have your first hints of doubt that maybe Todd is all right after all. Because your interactions with him, he's just like, he's a weird kind of slimy guy. Um, and then what throws, what makes Kelsey decide that she wants to work with the private investigator, she sees him like, um, I don't I don't know who this woman was, but I guess this. Like she, She's the woman who ran the wedding dress boutique that his bride-to-be is currently trying on dresses in. He starts flirting with her. Yeah, so Kelsey sees some flirtation. She decides to go ahead and work with Connor. Connor's terrible at his job. He's got no leads. He doesn't know anything bad about Todd. So he's like, yeah, he stole a piece of candy when he was nine. Woohoo! Um, there's some other thing. but Oh, parking tickets. And then he says... I think that maybe they aren't as wealthy as they say they are. And maybe he's trying to get with uh, this family for their money, which is pretty classic trope. Um, I think. I mean, as soon as he said it, we were both like, yeah, that checks out. All right, here's the plot. They're going to find out he's secretly broke. They're going to break up the wedding. They're going to realize that they love each other. End of story. Yeah. So they go to this party at Todd's house. And they break into his father's laptop um, or something. Which is super legal, by the way. Like, they just casually break into his office and crack his code. Which, by the way, is a really good sign that you should all update your passwords. Bill Roberts, I'm listening to you. Because he just made his password the name of his boat, which he then had on a photo directly next to his computer. Uh, Bill... Bill is listening to this and he definitely uses really secure passwords that don't make any sense. They are the most secure you passwords have to write I've them ever down invented. And, uh, numbers that are like not real words. Like it's, it's frustrating. I grew up with it anyways. Yeah. So 
not very secure. They find it, but they find out that they actually do have a lot of money. They're not, as far as anybody can tell, they have plenty of money. They're they, still very twitchy, though. There's a lot of kind of this like nervous energy that's going on between the parents and the son. And so there's an element at which you're like, something has to be going on, but every suspicion that the PI has checks out to be completely legit because again, he's a terrible PI. We also find out he's not only a PI, he's also a part owner in a restaurant. Oh, it's Joey Fatone's restaurant. I think it's Joey Fatone. I it is Joey Fatone. I looked it up. Okay, good. Yeah, Joey Fatone from Insane because in this movie, um, he hams it up with his acting. Uh, it's delightful. I was I was glad to see him. Um, anyways, I thought this let's... whole time you were talking about Joey from Friends because he kept making these jokes no, about it's... I'm Italian, and I was like, I don't understand why Joey from Friends would be in this movie. Yeah. Wasn't no. him. Other dude. No, that was... Anyways. So, uh, they do find out that he's going... That Todd is going on a dinner date with this uh, boutique lady. Again, Kelsey finds this out. The PI does nothing. Yeah, Kelsey's doing all the work here. Uh, so, they go and they spy on him. And then Kelsey tries to confront him and realize... Or at least... It's very easily explained as like Todd is taking her out dinner because she gave them a good deal on the dress and which side note not a good enough reason to take another woman out to dinner like babe there would be blood okay but um but they're not they're not there's no infidelity there that we know of Maybe maybe there was, but it's never revealed on screen. There's a lot of in in the scene that Kelsey first sees. There's a lot of very flirtatious touching. Yeah, there. Well, it's like yeah, she like playfully shoves him when he makes a joke. Um, this dude is is really lame. Like he, every time he's on screen, he's just terrible. Uh, anyways, they. She looks like an idiot because she doesn't. Big dramatic call out. Yeah. And they have a reason. And she's like, oh, sorry, my bad. I'm so ashamed. Yeah. But um, blah, 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 blah. So she goes to her aunt and her aunt reveals some stuff about Connor. Basically, he had taken uh, a payout. He had been paid off. The reason he left in the middle of the night is he had been paid off by uh, her husband, Emily's her dad. Her husband, Emily's dad. And so that's why he disappeared. But then when he he came back and he had asked for more money. And so he was trying to like extort him or blackmail him or something. So, uh, we find out Connor's up to no good. Kelsey confronts, confronts him. him about this. Um, and she, you know, rightfully tells him off. He tries to explain. She storms off because again, her cousin's wedding is in like two days and she's the wedding planner. She's completely embarrassed the groom by accusing him of cheating on the bride in public in a what appears to be a small town. I mean, gossip has got to be flying. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? I'm too busy. This is insane. I knew I shouldn't have trusted you. And then she throws this like, I have feelings for you and I don't even know why anymore. Which, recap, it's been like four days, hon. Yeah. Get it together. Well, he's devilishly handsome. Okay. Because... Well, all that we know of Satan is that he is hot. 
<laughs> I mean, um, brimstone, anyways. babe. Yeah. Um, anyway, we should stop here and kind of like my feeling at this point was, I guess that everything is going to just fizzle out. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like, okay, the wedding's going to happen. Um, Cause Todd is apparently a good yeah. guy. And I don't really see any way that Connor's going to get back into this. Now, of course, like I've seen movies before. I know <laughs> that like, I know that Connor and this girl and Kelsey are going to end up together um, because that's how movies work. Um, but I also thought, well, maybe Todd is just okay. Like, I don't, I honestly couldn't see any way forward for the movie. I was really struggling. I was. It very definitely confused. seemed like they had worked themselves into a plot corner and only this magical intervention would get them out. Dun, 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 dun. Introducing the magical intervention. But at the wedding, the preacher says the thing you should never say. Honestly. At a wedding. Why would you say, say this? It's the weirdest thing. He says, he says if anybody objects to this union, speak now or if you ever hold your peace, which gives Connor. Okay, but here's the, the deal. Everyone in the wedding looks around. Like, we've been at we've been at weddings where they say that. Literally no one moves. Everyone holds still and just like doesn't make eye contact with anyone because it's awkward to even imagine that someone's going to show up and make a scene. I, I in this scene, every single person like full body shifts, yeah, scans yeah, like, the audience. Like, Are you going to say something? Yeah, what about you? Oh, I couldn't, but maybe you should. I mean, yeah, there is like, a lot of eye contact going on here for a normal wedding. Like, I mean, like if you're not going to say anything, I'm not going to say anything, but like, but it gives Connor the opportunity to burst through the door and say, stop the wedding. And everybody is like, you have maybe like 10 seconds to explain yourself, sir, <laughs> because this is unacceptable. Okay. But my Except favorite, in the, like the gravest of circumstances, but Connor produces the goods. Okay, well, my the- favorite part is that he comes in and he says, it's like, stop the wedding. And Kelsey looks at him from her spot at the altar as the maid of honor and goes, Connor, with the exact same tone that I use, like with my students who tell me, Miss, I don't have a pencil again. Like, is this like gentle frustration? Whereas, like, I gotta tell you, if someone had bust into my best friend's wedding and claimed that we had to stop the wedding, I would already be moving down that aisle. Like, there would not be a like, excuse me, say excuse me after you burp kind of tone. Like, it would be a very different excuse me conversation. But, I mean, like, you would also, you probably wouldn't run down the aisle in case he had something to say. And Connor produces a woman. She is with child. Super Uh, pregnant. She's very pregnant. And she's, and we've seen this woman before. We saw them at, we saw her at uh, Todd's, uh, Christmas party and this woman claims that Todd is the father furthermore claims that Todd's family knew all about it covered it up covered it up they hired her and they were giving her payouts to make sure that she kept quiet and then once the wedding uh, was about to happen they went ahead and fired her so, Should have waited till after the wedding, I guess, to fire Right, her. like planning, but, planning is poor. 
But so she shows up. She's like, I've got nothing left to lose. I'm going to take him down with me. Please give me some money for our baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. She's super pregnant. And Todd's response, Emily, the bride, of course, looks at Todd's like, please tell me this isn't true. And he turns and looks at his dad and he goes, dad. Yeah, Which I feel like, like whimpers. It's, is, it's a very it's really disturbing pathetic. moment where you're like, you're about to get married and you are throwing like a Draco Malfoy. Wait until my father hears about this. Except his father is there and part of it. So, okay. ouch. So, anyways, obviously the wedding doesn't happen. Todd hilariously tries to like attack Connor, but trips on his way down. Because the... The aunt, I think, sticks her, sticks foot, her out. foot out and is like, you need to go take care of that baby, my friend. And Also, the big, the big showdown is that Emily leaves, obviously, right? Because her wedding is ruined. And her best friend, her cousin, the woman who is like a sister to her, decides to express her emotions... By throwing her bouquet, not at the groom-to-be, who's cheated on her best friend, her cousin, her dearest sister. No, no. At the floor around her feet. Like, can I just tell you? Like, Andrew and I had to stop at that point because we were imagining what would happen if my sister was getting married. Well, Hannah, not everybody is like, just like in love with violent retribution. Like I prefer the word justice. Okay. But like there are many people who like have never attacked anyone for any reason. And like, don't see any reason in the future to do so. I'm like, I'm one of those people. Wait, so you're telling me that if don't put me into like scenarios, (laughs) but like I have never done violence and like, why why would I do violence now? <laughs> like um anyways, I did want to stop here because there's more, but kind of up to this point, like how should the movie end? What should happen now? Okay. One, Emily deserves a really good like telling him off scene, which she does not get. Okay. Well let's two. Um the PI should be able to like announce his obvious like pure intentions, explain the checks of the mysterious money that he got. Right. And then they should probably start dating with the ex-girlfriends. Like, it's fine. You guys can date. I still love you. Kind of approval. And then they should... Bless me. Bless you. Thank you. Then they should all go to the wedding reception and dance. And get, like, really just Drink ham- all the wine. hammered. Yeah. Um, on Chardonnay. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree with that. That's what should happen. And honestly, like, there isn't a whole lot to fix about the movie up to this point. It was intense. It was like, confusing. It yeah. was, like, we were invested yeah, I mean, like, it's – I'm not going to say that it was really well done. Like, there are lots of things you could fix. Um, there were definitely early on some scenes that didn't make a lot of sense. But it was, like, it, 
it definitely held my attention. Um, I I don't think there's a whole lot to do if you're just trying to make like a a cheesy Christmas movie. This is one of the better ones I've seen. So I agree with what you said, Hannah, about how the movie should end. I don't think there's. I think that's the logical place for it to go. That's not where it goes, though. Um, so Emily, as you said, doesn't get a telling off scene. Um, it's not her movie. She uh, also doesn't even really cry. Like she just kind of sits outside in the snow and is like, "I was gonna have a have have children, and my children were gonna have children. I just don't know what to do now." Which again weirdly low key for finding out that you're four minutes away from being a husband impregnated someone else who is working at his house, kept her working at his house in this very weird, like surf dynamic and then tried to conceal it like really low key. The woman had taken a lot of Prozac. Something had to happen. I mean, I think that the uh, that Emily probably just knew he was, in addition to being a cheater, um, that he was a lame dork, and she's better off finding some like really hot dude who who is also devilishly handsome. Yeah, I mean, maybe Connor is sitting right there, but so she didn't get that. Um, we do find out that Connor was actually paid uh, by the uncle to investigate uh, what's Todd? Yeah, Todd. Uh, Todd. Um, Something about like you're a scoundrel and he's a scoundrel and takes a scoundrel to investigate a scoundrel. Um, So that's all good. Um, Then you expect that uh, Kelsey and Connor are going to at the very least, like, she's not going to call a truce. She's not going to hate him anymore. Um, it would be appropriate here, I think, maybe to ask her on a date or, like, say, hey, can we get coffee sometime? Um, in a lot of movies, it's appropriate at this point to kiss. I mean, we could we could go with that. That sounds yeah. like a decent wrap-up. Yeah. Um kiss it starts snowing it kind of fades out and maybe like the bride like hands her her bouquet and they're like oh they're gonna be the next ones to get married okay that's fine i can yeah. i can swing it okay but at some point kelsey or emily or the aunt's like oh gosh we gotta go tell all these people that the wedding's off and like apologize to them connor says wait you don't have to do that at this point, I think he's going to do the sensible thing of like, we have this party. It's already paid for. Let's just go have a party together and we can we'll call it a Christmas party. Yeah. And like, if you just tell them, like, if you want to come and be uh, silly and like try and help a, the bride feel better on this like horribly traumatic uh, day for her. Right. Like, come like, on. If you love spirits. the bride, like come drink with her. Come dance with her connor though he, he had a different idea his mind was going in a different direction he was, hannah, he what was did, moving real quick hannah what did he do he just he had some kind of seizure in which he dropped down on one knee and proposed to a woman he's known as far as we can tell within the range of a week maybe she, maybe a couple of weeks i don't know 
she clearly is like, we don't know each other. <gasps> Babe, we've forgotten the most bizarre part of this entire thing. We'll loop back. Uh, yeah. She's like, she's pretty sane. Initially, she's like, we don't even know each other. Like, this is nuts. I'm not going to get married to you. We need to date each other. And his response is, I'm willing to spend the rest of my life getting to know you better. And I'd like to, that to start today. Yeah. Which, again, you can start to get to know her better by dating her. Yeah. The aunt and the cousin are both standing right there. And instead of being shocked and horrified. They're happy. They're like, yeah. And the aunt gives her. The aunt ring. literally takes off her own engagement ring. And throws it to the ex-boyfriend. Of her, of her own daughter. <laughs> <laughs> who until about 10 minutes ago she assumed had been blackmailing her dead husband. I mean, come on guys, throws him the wedding ring so that she can propose he can propose to her niece on the day of her daughter's ruined wedding. Like come on guys, really? Really? So then it fades out and it comes back in inside the church with the same priest saying, well, let's try this again. Yeah. All these. So there are, they made it clear because they didn't want to pay for a bunch of extras. that It was going to be a small wedding. They said that very early on. Small family intimate wedding. ceremony and a grand party. We don't see the grand party. We know it's just because they don't have the budget for a big wedding, but there are like probably 50 people in there at least with even taking away all of Todd's, Family. There's Assuming they're not going to stay around and yeah. try and hold their heads up. There's probably at least one guy who's like, just doesn't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just here. But, so yeah, so there are plenty of people who could be like, what on earth is happening? Like, please stop this. This is not okay. Like, it would, proposing to her is, is crazy. But then, Does like. Does he have no family? Does he have no friends? Well, like, is he going to no, no, send a Christmas card to his mother? Hey, mom, hope you had a great holiday. I got married. People get married in courthouses all the time. That's not nearly the craziest part of this. The craziest part is that everybody who has come to see Emily get married is okay uh, watching the, the... Emily's cousin. So probably... Well, no, they're okay watching... Emily and Todd's union completely dissolved before their eyes, irrevocably. And then sitting around for probably like an hour. <laughs> and then uh, being told, hey, we're just going to have a different wedding, but you all just stay here and watch it. Okay, but And then it's, it's the maid of honor and this dude who just ruined the wedding. <laughs> And Emily is the maid of honor at her own wedding that's not even hers anymore. Okay. It's all of her decorations. It's her church. Like, what? On, like, why is everybody okay with this? It's okay, but okay. they're cousins, and they made a big deal that it was family at the wedding. So it would make sense that everyone who is there at the wedding is also related to Kelsey. Yes. And would also want to see her get married. Weird that nobody is throwing up red flags that they've literally never met this guy until he burst into the doors. But still, you know, we can see it. All right. Well, no, no, that makes it weirder. These people know her, like, deeply, and they're not willing to stand up and be like, 
please don't do this. This is wrong. This is not okay. It's a bad idea. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you need people to speak truth to young love and say, you know what, Juliet? Take a minute. Like, Take a minute. Well, I don't want to put... <laughs> I was trying to think of weddings that we've been to and like... I started with our own wedding. I'm like, what if I had, but I don't want to throw us in any of those scenarios. You could have died. Yeah. Just imagine a wedding you've been to and think about what if, uh, the Turns wet, out the groom had gotten another woman yeah. pregnant. And then you just sat there cause you don't know what to do. And then they came in and announced that actually the maid of honor is going to get married to this guy. She just met. <sighs> Would you be okay with it? I, I Send feel, us comments. Let yeah. us know. <laughs> I'd like to, yeah, I'd like to consult, consult pretty widely. Like I said, this is like a, a blitz podcast. Um, yeah. So like, I mean, is there anything to fix about this movie or is it kind of perfect? Like, is it, we missed one of the weirdest parts. The yeah. entire movie is tied together with this narrative thread of Kelsey, who is a wedding planner. So it's obviously always on her phone, getting a bunch of texts, but also sending these long narrative texts that help fill in how is she feeling inside, which we can tell because it's a Hallmark movie, but whatever. She sends these long texts and she always says, love you muchly. And so we spend half the movie once we realize enough to care that, oh, who is she texting? Does she have a boyfriend? What's going on? Psych. Hey, babe, what's the big reveal? Uh, she's texting her dead mom who never responds because she's dead. Super um, dead. It's well, fine. It was, I mean, it was one thing It kept happening and uh, I almost made a joke. Is she just texting her dead mom? Um, but then he thought, no, that'd be too far. That's kind of dark. Should ease back. Yeah. I, I mean, I was trying to like self-censor and yeah, she's texting her dead mom. But I, I would push back on the idea that it, quote, hide the movie all together because it doesn't make I mean I don't know why none of these movies think it's appropriate for the protagonist to have uh, two parents you know why because if she had had a mom her I mom would have been like no you're not getting married today I haven't even met this guy all I hear is that he's your all I've heard is your aunt complaining about him for decades because he broke your cousin's heart that's and then true. all of a sudden the plot falls apart and there's no wedding. Yeah, that's true. They it's a good thing that they killed her. And she had to go. She's gonna stand in the way. Off with her She's head. She's gonna stand in the way. She's gonna slow down this steam engine of plot. I was assuming that it's because of budgets or something that it's just too expensive to hire multiple adults to but I, I don't know. Yeah, so um we're not gonna I don't think do the normal thing of trying to fix the movie or rewrite it. Um, in part because it was like watching a very strangely orchestrated car accident in which you kept thinking it was over and other things kept happening. Yeah, and this movie is less than 90 minutes long. It's like, it's a pretty short movie and it felt very like drawn out. And the first 45 minutes were slow. And then all yeah. of a sudden 12 plot points happened in 30 seconds. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we've watched so we've watched three Netflix Christmas movies um, in the last three days. They're all they're all bad. We'll give you updates ways. on the others um, as we go. But we had kind of planned on like 
taking them one at a time and going through them. And, uh, but this one was just too much. Like we had to get our thoughts down immediately. Um, I will say the one thing that I commend this movie for um, is that it decided to try and wrap in another genre into Christmas movies. Cause he's like um, these, you know, Hallmark esque Christmas movies are always just romantic comedies or just dramas. Um, they're very light. This one tried to at least like wrap in a bit of like um, intrigue and mystery and, so I, I commend that. I think there should be more of that. Honestly, these Christmas movies don't have a lot to do with like actual Christmas. And so if they just took really famous good movies like uh, Chinatown or The Godfather and just set them at Christmas and like hired new actors and tried to mask the fact that it was just a blatant remake, I mean, they'd probably be good, I think. What movie would you like to be see be made into a Christmas movie, Hannah? Okay, so if you were going to take just like a normal, typical movie and just boom, now it's a Christmas movie. Um. So to be clear, this would be on like a Hallmark budget with Hallmark actors. So it's not it's not just you're taking the regular movie. And adding snow. And yeah, you're remaking the movie, naming it something completely different. But like, it's one of those things where if you're watching it, you're like, this feels really familiar. Um, I think a really easy one would be You've Got Mail. Because. I think that's part of that is set at Christmas. Right? Or am I thinking of Sleepless in Seattle? I'm pretty no. sure, yeah, You've Got Mail has got... They, they talk about shopping for Christmas presents because they sing the, like, um, the, the, horde, the horn. The horn. So forward, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that, but, movie, that movie's great. Um, no, but what I'm saying is, like, you could easily strip out all of the personality of You've Got Mail and make it into a Christmas movie in which they're, like, Christmas pen pals or they are lonely at Christmas, you know... Yeah, I but think the, it could I mean, work. But that's kind of the same thing, though. It's where okay, it's so like, you want me to switch genres? Well, I just like with You Got Mail, it's like the mismatched couple that kind of hate each other but then fall in love because of... Reasons. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm thinking more of... So, like, I would love if they did, like, a mobster film but just made it a Christmas movie. I think that would be... Amazing. Re- really funny. <laughs> Blood in the Snow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like Blood in the Snow is always great. Um, See, the problem is I mainly only watch or make... Okay, so... like a lot of fake action movies. Right, but Die Hard is already a Christmas movie. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's like, that's the whole thing. It's already it's, been done. It okay. is a Christmas movie. Um, what other kinds of... You like Disney movies, I guess. So, I, I think it would be... What if Mulan was a Christmas movie? <laughs> and, <laughs> Well, see, that's what Disney Ancient does for, like, half of their sequels <laughs> is they just, like, plop the characters yeah. into Christmas. And... What if this were a Christmas movie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, okay, so it sounds like um, sounds like Hannah needs to think about it a little longer. Come back next we'll time come, to see we'll what come I back come up to with. It. Um, 
I don't think any of the movies that we talk about are going to be quite as lit as this one, but Hey, I have a lot of feelings about the, the Christmas swap. No, well, I mean, our podcast might be as lit, but the movie itself, the princess. So the next one we're going to do is like the, it was called the princess swap or the princess switch. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's literally one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Um, (laughs) It's okay, guys. We're here to fix it. That's what we do on Friday Night Lights. We're going to actually try to stick more to the form of the podcast for that one. All right, Hannah, you got anything you want to add before we say goodbye? Hey, um, hit us up in our mentions. Let us know what Christmas movie you think we should really watch. Hardline, I am not doing that Christmas movie. What? The horrible black and white one. Oh, my God. It's a Wonderful Life. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Hannah hates It's a Wonderful Life for reasons that don't make any sense. Um. Yeah, we're not going to do that one because it's great and there's nothing to fix about it. All right. Uh, Well, we're going to just sign off then, I guess. Uh, Go watch, what was it? The Christmas Christmas Wedding Planner. The Christmas Wedding Planner. Goodness. Suffer with us. Suffer well. Oh, I don't think, I don't, I wouldn't describe it as suffering. It was, it was good. I enjoyed it. All right. Go, Lolo.